Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today is October the 26th on Thursday of 2023, and we're very unfortunately going to be required to be covering a very difficult story today. Please do forgive me, as I do not have a teleprompter for this. Everything that you hear from this show will be coming directly from my mind and directly from my heart. I may stumble, I may make some mistakes, but I will do my absolute best to cover some very difficult topics with you in the best manner that I can, and I will assure you that I will be heartfelt. Possibly the worst mass shooting in American history in Lewiston, Maine. Yesterday, the alleged shooter, Robert Card, still apparently on the loose. You can keep us updated this morning with breaking news as the Wake Up America show streams live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. As I do not have a live staff here with me, I'm unable to see breaking news reports typically during the show unless you send me those reports. Please do me a favor, and if you do send me a report, today, try and find the most reputable sources that you can. Of course, there's already so much misinformation and disinformation out there about this event. I really don't want to spread any more. We've already started to see this morning some some of the claims about this shooter have already been proven to be incorrect. But if you have information that is occurring in the next two hours, please send me a text at 573-319-1586. You can text the show again at 573-319-1586. One of our listeners this morning actually already sent me a good story uh, about five fast facts that we need to know about the alleged shooter, Robert Card. And I do appreciate that very much. Thank you to our listeners for participating with this show and for helping to support the show so that we can get the news out to the people this morning. We are going to talk about this event this morning as it's ongoing, but we're also going to talk about some other things as well, because as large as the story will loom today in the media, there are are other items of concern for the people of the United States that we will want to discuss and focus on. And of course, we can't spend all of our time uh, in the dark place. We will talk to John Miltimore this morning, and we'll get his reaction to this event. He is the editor-at-large of the Foundation for Economic Education, and since we took the day off on Monday, we didn't get to hear from him on our Mondays with Miltimore, so he'll be joining us this morning at 7.30, and he's going to talk to us, give his his reaction to the event, as well as to share with us his thoughts about the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Should be an interesting interview. You want to hear that? stick around to hear that. He'll, join, he'll be joining us about 25 minutes from now. At 8 a.m. this morning, a story that really caught my eye and actually made me smile last night as I was talking it over with my wife, Stephanie. She always likes to know what we're going to be talking about in the show the next day. Uh, And I picked the story that I thought that she would find the most interesting, which I think you'll like as well. Apparently, a restaurant in Georgia uh, has now laid out what they call a bad parenting fee. Yeah, a bad parenting fee for unruly children in their restaurant. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. Do you think that that's legit? If you had a restaurant that you went to and there were kids there and the parents were not taking care of the kids and the kids were screaming and acting a fool that they had to pay a bad parenting fee? Spoiler alert, I'm for it. (laughs) I like it. Uh, We'll talk to Camelia Peterson about that, as well as another story that really caught my eye and I tried hard to get the guest for you today. Unfortunately, he's in Europe. But a man who gave a TED talk that had it censored for not being racist. 
I'm I'm kidding. You know, I'm not I'm not being hyperbolic or just tongue in cheek here. Literally, a man who gave a TED talk, which, by the way, not TEDx, but TED TED talks, which are heavily fact checked every word before you're allowed to go out on stage, had his TED talk suppressed for not being racist. I'm not joking. Camelia Peterson will be joining us this morning at 8 a.m. So starting at the second hour of the Wake Up America show today, we'll hear from Camelia on that as well as the restaurant uh, tax, the parent bad parenting tax. We'll hear from her this morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. At 8 a, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, we are looking uh, at talking to, um, goodness gracious, who are we looking at talking to? Uh, it's Thursday. What are we thinking? It's Thirsty Thursday. Daniela Pensack will be joining us this morning. Looking forward to speaking to her. Uh, women in Iceland, which they say is the most gender equal society in the world. Women in Iceland are going on strike. I kid you not. And Daniela is joining us this morning to talk about it. This was her story that she brought to me. I thought it was interesting. Uh, and we'll be hearing from her about that at 830, as well as how the Israel Hamas war is dividing Hollywood. We'll hear from her this morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. You don't want to miss our lovely libertarian ladies in the second hour. Basically, Thursday, the second hour of the Wake Up America show is smoking hot libertarian ladies hour. And then Friday is super smoking hot redheaded libertarian wifey day. Um, I don't know. There's lots of good reasons to actually watch the Wake Up America show. But I'd also like to ask you a favor today. If you're not subscribed to the Wake Up America show podcast, I'd like to invite you to do that. And if you're like, how would I even go about finding something like that? Obviously, if you know how to use your podcast app on like iTunes or on Spotify and you type in the Wake Up America show with Austin Peterson, you should be able to find it and subscribe to it and download it. However, if that's something is a little bit more difficult for you, then just by a few clicks, you'll be able to get it. Here's what I'd like you to do. If you go to wakeupamericashow.com on the very front page, you'll see a button in the top right hand corner that says audio podcast. Click on the text audio podcast at wakeupamericashow.com. And then when you do, it's going to take you to the podcast, the audio podcast page. And it'll say, you know, at the very top of the screen, listen on, you know, Apple, Google, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn Alexa, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, Podchaser, Boomplay, pretty much everywhere that you can get your podcasts, the Wake Up America Show audio version is because I know not everybody can watch the video version. Okay, let's talk about the news. First of all, before I, we get straight into the reporting, I just want to say, you know, personally that my heart does go out to the families of the victims of the people who have been affected by this. Nobody wants to be in this situation. And I can't tell you how much, I, I guess I've always been a somewhat soft-hearted person, or I guess you might say a sentimental person. But I think ever since I got married and I, I felt responsible, truly responsible for a life that was more than my own, uh, uh, things like this frightened me more than they used to. When it was just me as a young buck out there in the world, you know, and knowing karate and knowing how to use guns and being armed and, and dangerous myself. <laughs> when I say armed and dangerous, I don't mean like, you know, dangerous, not to innocent people, but to anyone who might try and hurt me, you get that feeling of, of invincibility. But if something were to happen to her, it, it and I wasn't prepared, or I wasn't there, or I couldn't do something about it, and something were to happen to her, I would never forgive myself. I would blame myself, even if I had absolutely nothing to do with it, that I should have been there, I should have done something different. And so I understand how heartbroken these people must feel. And I do know what it's like to lose a loved one to a horrible accident. And I would say that it, if you are one of those people out there 
who are hurting right now. And if you hear my voice, just so you know that there are people out there who care for you. And like I said to the, um, a couple of young boys I know that lost their father recently, I said, as terrible as this is, just know you will be happy again. There will be joy that will return to your life. And there will be that as dark as the days are now and in the foreseeable future, that one day those clouds will part and the sun will shine and you will find happiness again. Let's talk about the news. Robert Card is the person of interest and a military veteran who is wanted in connection with the mass shootings that killed at least 22 people at a bowling alley and bar and grill in Lewiston, Maine. This is according to Lewiston police and an internal law enforcement alert. Interestingly, this alleged mass shooter was also known to the FBI. Fascinating. Some of the victims were at the restaurant to play the cornhole game and the shooter burst in. Law enforcement is currently still trying to locate, at least according to my best knowledge, Robert Card, who's born in 1983, 40 years old. Uh, he is a person of interest, they are saying, regarding the mass shootings at the Schmangi's Bar and Spare Time Recreation last evening. He is considered to be armed and dangerous, uh, and people are asking law to contact law enforcement if they find out about his whereabouts. He also left about 50 or 60 more people injured Last night, according to the latest news reports, scanning, scanner traffic had indicated that police had been clearing a Walmart store earlier on, but a Walmart spokesman said that no shooting had happened there. Card had a page on X, formerly Twitter, that was suspended, but it had been reviewed heavily before it was taken down. Now, many people are trying to lay the blame on one politician or another, one one side or another, I, I already saw this morning that people are saying that he followed Robert Reich, the leftist economist, economist Robert Reich, um, but also he also followed Donald Trump Jr. and Elon Musk and Tucker Carlson and CNBC and a professor who studies terrorism, right? So he's, uh, I, I think it's a big mistake to try and assign blame to one ideology or another simply based on the uh, the fact that they followed certain people online. And the reason why I know that is because, for example, when I ran for office in 2018, people saw that I had liked the satanic church on Facebook, the, their Facebook page. And so people started spreading rumors that I was a Satanist or satanic or something like that. I don't believe in any of that stuff, but I just follow them because they're trolls and they're funny. Uh, and I just want to see what they're up to. I follow lots of people. I follow Robert Reich on Twitter. I follow lots of people that I disagree with. And so don't go out there and say, well, because they follow this person or they follow this organization or institution, that's an indication of their beliefs. Now, the flip side of that is if they've actually posted about their political beliefs, if they've actually written a manifesto about their political beliefs, if they've gone out there and said, I am a huge supporter of Donald Trump, or I am a huge supporter of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or I'm a socialist, or I'm a Nazi, or something like that. In that case, you might believe them. But of course, remember, we're talking about someone who is likely to be considered actually mentally insane, and now obviously potentially criminally insane, uh, because it appears that this person had been committed for mental health reasons for a brief period. Um, good morning. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, we're glad to have you here. 
do me a favor. Will you click that like button and subscribe to the channel? This show does stream live every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. And so for breaking news, big stories like these, it's a great uh, resource for you to be able to stay informed with what's going on. And of course, not only can you be informed with what's going on here with breaking news on the Wake Up America show, but you also get opinion uh, journalism as well. Great guests, great topics. So uh, philosophy, history, you just don't have a show like this anywhere else. You can watch the straight news uh, on the mainstream media and you know they're going to lie to you and not be honest about their opinions or their biases. I will be honest about my opinions and my biases, but I will strive to see things also from the other side. Um, Robert Card served in the U.S. military and is also a trained firearm instructor. There's that well-regulated militia that liberals like to talk about so much. Law enforcement alerts that have been sent out say that Card is a trained firearms instructor and was believed to be in the Army Reserve stationed out of Seiko, Maine. His Facebook page has already been taken down, but screenshots that have been circulating show that he listed bowling as one of his interests on Facebook. One of his well, one screenshot included a comment exchange that Card may have served into in the U.S. Army until recently. Um, and uh, friends referred to him as Sergeant Rob and congratulated him for 20 years in the U.S. military, um, saying that uh, it looks as if you know he does have a history serving uh, in the UNI in the United States Armed Forces. You can text the show today at 573-319-1586. Brief aside, one listener texted in and just asked a, a question asking uh, Cody from OKC, Oklahoma City. Good morning, Cody. He asked if the Dave Smith debate with myself uh, is going to happen when he's back from Europe. Yes, it's tentatively scheduled for, I believe, the 31st of October. Not entirely certain, um, but we are hoping to get that scheduled very soon. I will be debating Clint Russell this Saturday uh, on the same topic. Um, you know, Israel and Hamas is this uh, Saturday, but let's get back on topic here because I know people are tuning in for the news. Um, uh, and also, by the way, thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us on the front page. Uh, we're, sp we're speaking this morning about the mass shooting in Lewiston, Maine that occurred last night. As of, according to reports that we have at the moment, uh, at least of the latest information, the shooter is still at large uh, and we are tracking this story in real time. If you have news updates or reports, about breaking news, please do send them in to the show by texting us at 573-319-1586. Again, please send us breaking news on this story at 573-319-1586. Fox News this morning uh, had a uh, news report uh, that is as close as I can get to the uh, the latest news. Well, can you come back in and give me an idea of what's happening here? A live look, Lewiston, Maine. This is Central Maine Hospital. And there were reports, Nicole, just to get you up to speed and our audience reports earlier of uh, some the shooter may possibly double back to the hospital because security guards were telling people to duck. And now you've got a series of heavily armed uh, officers wearing armor now going up the steps here looking for this shooter. Your takeaway from this. That's right. You can see them right now. They're going slow and methodical and they are checking and they are clearing every single corner. And they if they have a suspicion that there may be a potential threat in that hospital, they have to clear every single ounce. It looks like they're approaching maybe a parking garage going up the stairs. Um, you know, they are definitely not taking nothing is off the table. If there's a potential threat. You know, maybe this individual did go back to the hospital and is a threat, but yeah. they have Katie, to if we can, can we take Nicole out? Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, Nicole. Go ahead. 
Um, no, I mean, I'm just watching it live just as y'all are. And, and like we said, um, it looks like they are, if there's a potential threat, they're, they've got to address that threat. They've got to go in there and they've got to check every single thing. I know when I restarted the Fort Lauderdale airport shooting, um, you know, it was a similar incident. We had to check, you know, our SWAT teams came in and they checked every single parking lot, every single stairwell, every single portion of that airport was checked. Any potential threat, it has to be checked. We had similar incidents when I've been in active shooters where they thought that there was another shooter and everyone dropped to the ground. I've been there before. I've been through this. In the, my instance, there was not another active shooter, but everyone has to be on high alert. So in this instance, if there is a potential threat, they have to check every single nook and cranny and, and make sure. So we'll see what they find. But law enforcement is doing best that they can to contain the situation. Anyone that is there needs to stay calm and take cover you know, if you can get behind a cement barrier, that's the best option. Yeah. And I just wonder, because there's clearly a helicopter flying above, they are taking this very much to heart, Nicole. And I wonder what happens as you're inside the building now, because we know, at least from police, the numbers they're giving us, that 30 people may have been taken to this hospital. That means that a number of those people are now in surgery. And you and I both know, and Paul Morrow, please join the conversation, but we all know that the way this works is when they go in, it is a nook and cranny check, right? You go room to room, you go enclave to enclave, you go floor to floor, making sure that people are clear, that the suspect is Tracking the story out of Lewiston, Maine this morning. Good morning. We're glad to have you here tuning in live to the Wake Up America show. Do us a favor, click that like button and subscribe to the channel so that you can get updates when we go live, which is every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. We're talking about and a mass shooter allegedly committed and a mass shooting allegedly committed by Robert Card. His photos have been released. He was known to the FBI and he was committed for a brief period to a mental health facility during the summer. According to law enforcement, Card had recently reported mental health issues to include hearing voices and apparently had made threats to shoot up the National Guard base in Seiko, Maine. He had been committed to a mental health facility for two weeks during the summer of 2023 and was subsequently released. He is considered armed and dangerous and is on the loose. Law enforcement in Androscoggin County are investigating two active shooter events, claim the Androscoggin County Sheriff's Office. They say that they are encouraging all businesses to lock down while they investigate. The suspect is still at large. What does that mean when you say that you have a mass shooting event where you have one person who is you have one person who is has been committed to a mental facility for two weeks uh, and who has threatened to shoot up a National Guard base and was known to the FBI? Well, I'll tell you this beyond any conspiracy theories. What we can say is this. If you have been involuntarily committed to a mental facility in this country, and whether you agree with these laws or not is, is a separate question. But if you've been committed involuntarily to a mental facility, you are no longer eligible to own firearms, uh, at least according to most state laws, and I believe federal laws in this country. And another interesting thing to note is that at the bowling alley and bar where this happened, it is already a state uh, a law in Maine that you are not allowed to carry firearms in this kind of a facility in Maine. Now, not all states have the same laws and rules and regulations, 
Um, some states you can carry a gun when it, in when you're in a bar. Some states you cannot. But according to the best information that I have at the moment in Maine, it is illegal to carry a gun in a bar or in a place like this, such as a bowling alley. What does that mean? Well, that means one that evil exists. Evil will always exist and will always be a challenge to those of us who just want to live our lives in peace, who want to do no harm to anyone, and who only want to be able to protect ourselves and our loved ones if we are ch- if our rights are li- to life, liberty, or property are challenged. This shows, in my opinion, that there is no way to prevent people who are mentally insane, people who have served in a government capacity as a trained killer, people who have all, who have met by and large the the militia clause of the second amendment how even by the most left liberal i believe in the second amendment but type american right not necessarily the person the people who want to get rid of the second amendment and you know confiscate ar15s and ak47s people like uh uh you know uh the insane you know former gubernatorial democratic candidate from texas i'm forgetting his name at the moment that you're not, you're never going to be able to stop those people from committing these kinds of heinous acts unless, unless you take the steps that are necessary to protect your family regardless of the laws. Meaning that the only way that a good person could have stopped this act before it ballooned, before it became a, an out of control crisis and allegedly, potentially, the worst mass shooting in American history, the only way for a good person to have been able to stop this would have been to break the law. If a good person that night had decided to disobey main state laws and decided to go ahead and carry a pistol with them anyway, or perhaps even to carry a rifle in their vehicle nearby, that would have been the only way that that could have stopped. Law enforcement isn't coming. No one is coming to save you. Comparing this to the, the conflict between Israel and Hamas when the terrorists launched these raids on civilians, killed a thousand Israelis on October 7th, no one was coming to save them. Right? Nobody was coming to, to save these kids. We, we have this false belief that the, that the posse, the armed posse, is just around the corner, that the potential for us to, to be saved by our government or law enforcement is going to be there. And it's just, it's a false hope. It's a false hope. We have to do what is necessary as individuals, as citizens, to not only own guns, but we must train with guns and we must be ready to use them. And regardless of the laws, we must carry them in situations where we may be vulnerable and we, they may be necessary to protect our families. Now, because it is a crime for me to openly advocate for you to break the law, and I cannot do that without incriminating myself, and because of what we've seen with January Sixers uh, and the war on the right and free speech, and because I am, you know, as my uh, uh, profile continues to grow, uh, and as my show's audience continues to grow, my pro my my national profile is growing. 
And of course, I will become, if I'm not already, uh, targeted, perhaps even more than I have in the past, uh, for an attack on my free speech and my ability to, to state what I want to state when it comes to what I think you should do to be able to protect yourself. But consider this. If the militia clause of the Second Amendment wasn't met by Robert Card, who meets it? Who meets it? I mean, he served in the U.S. Army, then was in the reserves. He was also a trained firearms instructor. How is that? I mean, that meets the militia clause of the Second Amendment right there. Now, he was committed involuntarily for two weeks and had made threats. So therefore, he's known to the FBI. Even if someone is known to the FBI and the feds, do you think that they're just going to be hanging out, following the guy around, ready to stop him at any moment? It's not going to happen. They don't care about you the way that you care about you and the way that you care about your family and your friends and your neighbors and your churches and your communities. If you are not doing what is necessary to protect yourself and protect your families, and then and when something like this comes along, you are going to regret it. Don't do that. I, I regret that I didn't just, you know, put a revolver on my credit card last week and just buy my wife the gun that she needs because she's struggling right now with the the difference with the wheel guns and the automatic guns and she doesn't want to deal with she's not strong enough to to rack a slide on an automatic so she needs to have a revolver and god i think i'm just going to go buy it for her today right and we're going to go train with it and we're going to talk about scenarios you know last night we're in you know martial arts class together we're training together where you know one of the most important things that you can do you know, more necessary, maybe even more necessary potentially than learning how to shoot firearms because you can learn to do that in a relatively short amount of time, lose some weight, get in shape, right? And I say this, you know, even for myself, right? I work out, but I don't eat the best. I need to change that about myself. I see the flaws in my defensive strategy, right? And, you know, learn, educate yourself, learn more, not just about the law, which you should understand the laws, and you should know what the laws are. Know the law before you break it. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Right? Just kidding. Right? The, in Minecraft, know the law before you break it in Minecraft. Educate yourself in just understanding how evil works. We have seen great evil this month. The, the Israeli civilians who were murdered on October 7th, they know now their mistake and not being able to defend themselves. Some of them were able to defend themselves. One couple whose story I tell this week in a column at Human Events should be coming out today or tomorrow. One couple stacked up the bodies of seven terrorists before they finally succumbed. You may not survive the encounter, but their children did. Their two children were placed in a safe house while they went and drew the terrorists' attention away from their children and managed to kill seven terrorists before they eventually succumbed. And God bless it, if I, have to if I have to die to defend my wife, or if I have to spend a little bit of time in jail because I didn't follow, oops, this little rule or regulation, right? And oops, I, had, I, I, mm, I forgot that I had my gun on me. I would never do that on purpose. Maybe in Minecraft on purpose, but never in real life on purpose. How much is it worth to you? Wouldn't you, if after this tragedy had happened, would you give everything to go back? 
to, to, to defy one little law, to stand in the face of a person who defied multiple laws, a person who had sworn an oath to defend the Constitution, who had joined the armed services, who was a trained firearms instructor, for whom no law and no oath could stop their killing spree, what would you do if it happened to you? What would you do? We're going to hear from John Miltimore about this a little bit more when we get back. And I'd also lear- like to learn a little bit more about our new Speaker of the House. I don't know much about him. Um, he's from Louisiana. Lots to talk about. We'll be right back on the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, Rise in Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and grateful to have you here. And thank you to rumble.com for putting us up on the front page of the show. We appreciate you very much. Uh, And if you want to help us to support free speech, click that like button. And every channel that you subscribe to here on rumble.com not only goes to help support shows like mine that spread the ideas of economic freedom, personal liberty, and of course, the Second Amendment, the right to self-defense, but you're also supporting rumble.com as well. So many people benefit when you take just that one little action by clicking like and subscribing to the channel. Come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time is a great way to start your day. Not only get breaking news like the discussions that we've been having this morning already, but great conversations about history, philosophy, and about things that matter to you and to your family. It's a great way to start the day. The Wake Up America Show. We'll hope you come back and join us. Usually every Monday on the Wake Up America Show, we have what we call Mondays with Miltimore. John Miltimore is the editor-at-large of the Foundation for Economic Education, but since it was my anniversary on Monday, we took the day off. Uh, we lost that opportunity, but we're snatching it back. John Miltimore joining us now for his weekly appearance on the show. Good morning, John. Thank you for joining us. Hey, good morning, AP. Good to be with you. From what I understand, and, and you were just briefed on the details of this incident um, that uh, is an ongoing news story. At the moment, this alleged mass shooter, Robert Card, is still at large. Uh, has killed 22 people at least, and 50 or 60 more have been injured. From what we know, he is a uh, 20-year service member of the U.S. Army, a trained firearms instructor. He spent two weeks this, this past summer in a mental health facility for making threats to shoot up the Army base uh, where he had been stationed. He is uh, still on the run, at least according to the most current information that we have. If any listeners right now can hear this voice as we are live at 7.34 a.m. Central Time on the 26th of October, and you have breaking news reports, please do send them in at 573-319-1586. Again, the text lines are open with any information that you have. And please, if you can, and I know everyone's not a reporter or journalist with a background, please do send us the best, most verified information that you can. And if you can't verify it, then just let us know. Uh, and I'll be able to try and do that during our commercial breaks. Um, John Miltimore, who's joining us right now, has just heard this information, so please understand uh, that it is fresh to him. It's not something he's been able to track all night, but uh, I I guess I've got to get your fresh take on this. John, how do you react to something like this? No, it's it's horrifying, and and you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say irony. I was thinking just a few days ago, I'm like, gosh, we haven't had one of those, you know, mass shootings in in, in a while. and and that's the sad part. These have become common. They just become you know part of, of American life. 
Um, why that is, I, I don't think we have a good answer for that, right? Um, you know, you have a, a lot of people just want to say guns are the problem. You know, guns have been in this country since there was a country. Um, you know, you could say, you know, it sounds like this this man was a veteran. He saw a lot of horrifying things overseas and maybe that damaged him. Um, I, I know a lot of Vietnam vets, right? Like, and these guys saw hell over there. Um, they came back. Um, a lot of them became prosperous people, you know, built lives, built families. Um, my knowledge, I don't know any Vietnam vets that went on, on mass shooting sprees. So, so why this is happening, I think, is, is a question. I don't think we have a good answer for it. Um, more, I think what's more disturbing even than that is, is, is we don't have a solution to stop this. You're going to hear people say we have a solution. Uh, they have a solution. We can do that, you know, X, Y, or Z. Um, not going to happen. This isn't, this isn't something you can fix with gun control. I know um, people, people who put forth that legislation want to believe that. Um, gun control can't solve this problem. It, it's a much deeper, um, darker problem than that. Certainly is. And uh, you make a good point there and that we didn't see these kinds of things happening from returning Vietnam met veterans. Something new here, John, it, it, but it can't be just that, that it's the gun because, you know, we did have mass shootings, uh, that occurred before we, everybody had easy access to AR-15s with 30 rounds. There were, you know, there had been incidents, for example, in a shooting in Texas where uh, a man who actually, after he was killed, they did an autopsy in his brain and they found out that he had a, uh, a tumor that was pressing on his brain. I can't remember what his name was, but he used a bolt action rifle and killed a lot of people. And, but it's happening more often these days, John, there's, I almost feel like it's, it's paralleled to the political tension and the angst that we have in this country. Certainly the pandemic, COVID-19, people started acting out more on airplanes. There's something rotten in the United States. There's something going on. There's some psychic, you know, psycho illness that is affecting more people here in the United States than I think we've ever seen before, John. Can you get your finger on this? You know, it, it, you know I, I've been writing about mass shootings probably for, for close to 10 years now. Um, and, and, you know, so, so during that time, you start looking at, at different theories, you start reading different opinions. One that has always stuck out to me is something that that Hannah Arndt wrote, uh, Arndt, you know, like the, the philosopher. Um, and and she talked about she she wrote on violence a lot, non political violence, but she did um, talk about how how when you have people who, uh, she, her, you know, what, what was interesting, she said people who who violence isn't an action of power, it's people without power. Um, and and that was interesting to me. And and, and she said. You know, when you have power, you don't need to be right. Like you, you have power, but people who lack it. And her theory was, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, paraphrasing her theory. But as as bureaucracy grows, it smothers people, and and it takes away their agency. And um, what you have then are people who who lash out. Um, they don't have they don't have a method of recourse, right? Um, it, it's sort of like that guy, remember that guy, this is years ago, who, who got in like the bulldozer and started crushing everything, right? Oh, killdozer. Um, yeah, the, the killdozer guy. So I, I was looking at his story just, just not that long ago. It was like one of those I had completely forgotten. And he did it because he got totally screwed on, on, on a land deal with the government. And, and it was the only thing he had left to do. He's like, I'm going to get in this bulldozer and I'm just going to go on a rampage. And I think there may be something at work with that, with, with, with gun violence, where people, they feel powerless, they feel hopeless, um, and they, for some reason that a normal human can't understand, 
they 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 get a firearm and they decide to go on a rampage and kill the life of the lives of innocent people and then take their own life you know in the process usually um it, it's a kind of madness that that i'm glad i don't understand um and and that's one possible theory on this i think i think it is complex i think there's so many things you can look at i do think it is something uh, there is a culture of nihilism today um you have all these kind of postmodern ideologies that are ascendant right now um from marxism and pessimism and emotivism and um it's a very toxic uh mixture and and i think the result is you have a lot of hopeless people they like they they, they don't like the, the 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 80s i grew up in if you look i i've thought about this a lot They're, like the music was powerful it was, it, like it was like there's a lot of crap in the 80s don't get me wrong but if you listen it was this this positive like music and it was all about how what you can do right it was empowering and since then we've we've shifted culturally and you don't see that message in music anymore you don't see it in movies anymore um we're we're a darker culture um and and we're a more hopeless culture and 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 that's it's hard to watch um but i think this is a, is is a product of that one of the more popular slogans that libertarians frequently will trot out and you can find on t-shirts and mugs for example at my um my online store is tuna kede malice do not give in to evil but proceed ever more boldly against it uh we can't give in to evil john we have to accept that evil exists and so people like ourselves have to take the steps that are necessary to be able to counteract it in the state of maine it was illegal to bring that firearm into a bowling alley that had a bar in it i mean at this point in time what with the way that our laws are so topsy-turvy good people break laws good people break bad laws it, it's we really are in that situation where it's like you know the law is perverted and the police powers of the state perverted along with it right not to quote my bosti out there but i mean at the end of the day in order for us to be able to do what is absolutely necessary in this world good people have to break laws don't they yeah you know it, it's interesting i was in south dakota recently you know took my family to mount rushmore and I took, you know, I have a concealed carry permit and had my my own firearm. And I realized it had just, it had just it, five years went like that. So now I'm now I'm overdue on it. And I'm I'm leading and I'm like, I don't have any wiggle room here, right? Like it's like one of those things, it's the law. And 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 so, you know, I, I'm in that situation, you know, like I didn't expect I'd need it and everything else. Um, but you're in that where where you can be a, a lawbreaker here for this simple reason because your permit just lapsed. Um and again, if it's between you know a, a bureaucratic technicality and protecting your family, you're not going to hesitate, right? You're, you're going to do you're going to do what you need to, and you're going to you're going to have it with you. Um, but it is little things like that, right? And 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 you're getting at something here. Th this shooting in Maine, I it, look at the number of, of mass shootings that didn't happen because there was somebody with a sidearm there who 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 took out someone. Um, you know, there, Larry Reed has a wonderful piece of fee.org, and it's all based on, 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 you know, the government's own statistics showing that the, the, the number of crimes stopped every year um, in, in, in America by people carrying fire. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's more than a million. Um, like, like, where you have, by just the simple act of people carrying firearms, it does, it does prevent crimes. Now, again, people can do bad things with those firearms, right? Um, like, there's no question about that. Like, people have been killing each other and hurting each other with weapons since, you know, Cain and Abel were, were you know, rolling around in the dirt. 
Um, but but we got to look at like this is not a gum problem. This is this is people abusing the responsible you know their their responsibility as 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 gun owners um, or unlawfully you know getting guns or or, or whatever. Um, it is interesting. I, I I actually tweeted on this yesterday. Um, there there's a, a journalist I follow. He's a pretty famous journalist, even good one. But he he wrote about how many of of his Israeli friends are now starting to buy firearms. And he was a little troubled by this, I, I think. Um, and he said these people never would have thought about owning a gun, but now they're now they're either buying them or considering buying them because of the, you know, what's going on in the world. And and to me that was very peculiar because I said here you have like they're, they're frowning at somebody, or you have people that really are hostile to firearms, but they're buying one because they they want to protect themselves, right? They want to protect themselves. That's the reason most of us carry firearms. Most of, nobody wants to you know go around and um, have do target practice on humans, but but they are a, a, an important part of self defense. They, they they do empower us, um, and and you know people are are starting to recognize that. Um, I it, it saddens me though that people are will, will be looking to buy you know weapons because how how the world's going to hell whether it's something in Israel or something go you know a shooting in Maine. Um, I, I don't want people buying firearms for those reasons, right? And um, and and that's, well, guess what? that's the world we're in. <laughs> as soon as the show's over today, I'm going to buy my wife a nice revolver. This is a good segue. If you're just tuning in the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host Austin Peterson. We're glad to have you here. Please do us a favor, click that like button and subscribe to the channel. I'm speaking to John Miltimore, who is, I, I think, a, a little bit kinder and softer man, perhaps, than I am. <laughs> uh, he's the, he is an editor-at-large at the Foundation for Economic Education. Click that like button, subscribe to the channel, and join us every Monday through Friday here on the show. Uh, and we'd love to have you come back and join us. Katie556 says, what's that saying? Better to be judged by 12 than carried by six. Studio 314 says, an armed society is a polite society. I totally agree. And we have our friend Wagner195, who's joining us from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Oh, tudo bem, muito bem. Glad to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. And those are the only words that I know in Portuguese. Let's uh, talk about something else for a few minutes that I prepared you for. Uh, the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. I, I don't know much about this guy, but from what I see in the media, He's already been labeled a Cristo fascist. Cristo fascist. So, boy, that's a scary term. He sounds like a scary guy. Uh, what do you know about this gentleman? You know, I don't know much more than you. I was asking some of my DC people, and they didn't. <laughs> excuse me, they didn't have much of an opinion on him. Um, you know, these are people that kind of are are in the swamp over there, um, and and have a better pulse for things. Um, to me, this is sort of evidence that the GOP doesn't really, you know, have much of a I don't, I don't want to say a soul right now. They don't have a leader, right? They're a very leader. They're in the wilderness, okay? And we saw all these other guys come through, the Jim Jordans and, and Scalise and, and, and the Tom Emmers, and, and then they ended up picking kind of a, a young backbencher, less experienced than any House speaker in the last, you know, 150 years or so. And uh, that's not necessarily bad, right? I, I don't, I'm not going to judge this guy before he comes out, and I, I've seen all the, you know, the, the reports you, you have that he's already a, a fascist. Um, I will say, like, you know, he, there are some, you know, he, he's not, he's not in the Freedom Caucus. Uh, he, he talks mostly about, like, moral issues from what I can see. Um, he seems to want to keep the checks rolling into Ukraine, maybe some new strings attached to it. Um, so I, I hope this guy, you know, I think he'll be an improvement over McCarthy, to be honest. I think, I think McCarthy's tenure was, was marred by a lot of uh, bad blood 
Um, and he, he kind of went into it pigeonholed, right? Like, like with some of the deals he made to get the job. Um, but my, my fear is we're going to see a lot more of the same around the, GO, the GOP. I don't, I don't look at this as, as a lot of change. I, I would have liked to see a person like a Jim Jordan in there. I think Jordan has the right ideas, the right temperament, and could have been, you know, done a lot of things that uh, the GOP needs to get done. But mo- I, I think this is maybe a, a, a softer, safer choice. There's a reason he's been there, what, six years now? He And the fact that he was voted in tells me he was able to make friends, right? But this isn't a job where you need friends. This is a job where you kind of need to be that hard-nosed people, that hard-nosed guy, say no to people, right? It's a lot tougher. Republicans have a harder, harder job than Pelosi. For P- Pelosi, like like the media marveled at her, like her how she kept her caucus in line. But for her, it was a spoil system. You just you kept the gravy train rolling, right? You don't say no. Um, you 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 flex power and, and give rewards, and you can keep people in line pretty easily. GOP's got a harder job. They're the ones that are trying to to cut spending and and do these things. Um, will Mike Johnson be able to do that? I don't think so. Um, we'll see. He's going to get tested kind of early on some of these critical these um, resolutions coming up to keep the government funded. And um, if he can get some real spending cuts there, may, you know, like to me, that'll be a, a, a good omen. Oh, for sure. It looks like we're running out of time here. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to plug uh, your Substack or anything else that you'd like to share with us this morning before we let you go. Yeah, no, check out my work on Substack. It's uh, the, the Take. Uh, I write there pretty much every day, and you can find all our content on fee.org, F-E-E.org. Thank you very much. John, thanks so much for coming in uh, and joining us here today. We look forward to having you back on on our regular Monday spot next Monday. John Miltimore, have a wonderful day. Hey, thanks. Have a great week, Austin. Talk to you later. Thanks very much. You can text the show today at 573 573- 319-1586. We still got Camelia Peterson, who will be joining us this morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. We'll also be speaking to Daniela Pensack at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. We're looking forward to speaking to both of them uh, in the second hour of the show. We've got about 10 minutes left, and I have been asked to please recap what happened in Maine. At the moment, we are tracking a mass shooter who is currently considered to be armed and dangerous and is not in custody, at least according to the latest information that we have. Robert Card is what they are calling a person of interest, a military veteran who is wanted in connection with the mass shootings that have killed at least 22 people in a bowling alley in Bar and Grill in Lewiston, Maine. Some of the victims who were at the restaurant were there playing cornhole uh, outside when the shooter burst in to the facility. The active shooter also left 50 to 60 more people injured Last night, the scanner traffic had also indicated that they were police had been clearing a Walmart there, but the Walmart spokesperson says that no shooting occurred at the store. The shooter has had his social media pages taken down. However, people were able to capture some information about him um, based on who he liked, which I think is largely irrelevant uh, because, it, again, he liked people from both sides of the political spectrum. And just following someone or liking someone on social media, I do not think is a good indicator of someone's health, mental health situation. But I think it does matter what they said on social media and what they had done in their past. Robert Card served in the U.S. military and is a trained firearms instructor. He was believed to be in the Army Reserve stationed out of Seiko, Maine. His Facebook page, of course, had been taken down. However, People had been posting screenshots showing that he was interested in bowling, so he probably knew that facility in that area very well. 
friends referred to him, uh, at least publicly, as Sergeant Rob. He had been congratulated on serving 20 years in the U.S. Army recently. His pub public records show that this, sh this alleged shooter uh, is 40 years old. Some people had been sharing information about the wrong Robert Card uh, and comparing him to a, a man whose name was on the sex offender list in Lewiston, Maine. However, those information, those reports, when I say reports, they're really just, they're not really reports. They're just people on social media who are making shit up and pulling it out of their butts and posting it out there and saying, oh, look, he's a convicted sex offender and pedophile. And that was not the same Robert Card we have confirmed this morning. Please be careful about sharing misinformation online. It is, it is I understand, uh, a, a desire for those of us to get as much information as possible. Obviously, if, if something like that were true, I think it would be relevant to this. However, if it's not true and you shared something like that and didn't tell people, this, we don't know if this is true, this is unconfirmed, you share it like it is the truth, then I think it can muddy up and, and overcomplicate things. And I think it, it, it places us actually in more danger. You can text the show today if you have breaking news on this story at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. Do us a favor. Help us to grow this show and to get this stream out in more people's feeds. If you click like on the channel, that, does, that goes a long way to help us to continue this kind of reporting. If you subscribe to the channel as well, it helps us to grow and spread the ideas of economic freedom and personal Liberty. We do appreciate very much all of our listeners who are joining us this morning, like Floby Tenderson, The Chroniclers, Clementine, Not a Godless Commie, Studio 314, JJ4884, Ground Zero Hal, who's here with us, Somniferum, uh, and John Ren Casey, as well as Katie556 and Corey and Callie, as well as Salty says. It's a great audience this morning, and I'm very happy to have you all here joining us today. I do hope that if it's your first time watching us today, that you'll consider putting us on your rotation for the mornings. We do stream live every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. We'd love to hear your thoughts today by texting the show at 573-319-1586 if you do have breaking news. The, at, the, at the moment, with the latest information that I have, at 7.54 a.m. Central Time on October 26th, 2023, the shooter is believed to be at large. Robert Card, who is the person of interest, reported that um, he had re recently reported mental health issues that included hearing voices and apparently had made threats to shoot up the National Guard base in Seiko, Maine, where he had uh, been stationed. He was also reportedly committed to a mental health facility for two weeks during the summer of 2023 and subsequently released. He is considered armed and dangerous. His date of birth was 1983. He is 40 years old. They are currently on the search for him. He once studied at the University of Maine. He is now being accused of walking into a restaurant and opening fire on people while they were there for an evening of fun. The uh, photographs have been released of Robert Card's vehicle. The police believe he's driving a white Subaru Outback, uh, and police had been, uh, were, um, witnesses had been seen uh, um, evacuating the area last night and saw him taking off in that vehicle. Video had showed the search for the suspect as a city councilor described how his family locked all their doors and grabbed all their guns. Um, a local city councilor uh, apparently barricaded themselves in their homes with their family, grabbed their guns, 
Maine State Police have been asking people in Lewiston, Maine to shelter in place. There is an active shooter in Lewiston. They're asking people to shelter in place. Uh, about a dozen years ago or so, I was in um, Dallas, Texas at the Blaze Studios. And uh, it was, I think, the first time that I had ever gotten a chance to visit the Blaze Studios. And it just so happened to coincide with the day that the Zarnayev brothers went on a um, bombing spree, the Boston bombing. I think many of you might remember the Zarnayev brothers who were um, at that moment were on the loose. It's one thing for us to talk about the people who are already victims uh, of the mass shooter from last night. And it's another thing for us to consider the danger that people are currently in right now. People's lives are still in danger with the, at least my current understanding as of this time, time code, that this shooter is still on the loose. There are people whose lives are still in danger. And I'm reminded of that time that I was sitting across from Glenn Beck and the news had broken of the Boston bombing and the police had located the Zarnayev brothers somewhere in Watertown, Massachusetts. Watertown, Massachusetts is the place where my brother, Justin Peterson, who's a, a regular guest on the Wake Up America show, uh, he lived at the time and he still lives there now. But I will never forget that feeling of fear that I had while I was sitting there, supposed to be in a business meeting with uh, Glenn Beck, sitting there with Matt Kibbe and several other people who worked at FreedomWorks at the time. And I will never forget that fear that I felt for my loved one, for my brother. And of course, you know, knowing that what the gun laws are in Boston, right? In a Watertown suburb of, of Boston, you know, I still believe, you know, considered to be part of the city. But that fear that I felt and calling my brother on the phone and being at least being able to hear his voice and knowing that he was safe and telling him, you know, get inside a bathtub, you know, get behind concrete. If you can, if bullets start flying when the police uh, arrive, helicopter, they had shut down the street where my brother lived. There were helicopters passing overhead. Eventually, they found the, one of the Zarnayev brothers in a boat in someone's backyard near where my brother's house was. And I feared for his life. And there are people out there who are feeling that same fear. There are people out there whose lives are still in danger. So spare a thought for them and those people, and not just the people who are in danger themselves, but for the people who have loved ones are in danger. If you're a praying person, and I know that you know that I am not, uh, I would ask that you would lift them up in prayer. Coming up next, Camelia Peterson will be joining us here on the Wake Up America show. We'll get her reaction to this event, and then we're going to lighten it up a little bit, just because we cannot allow ourselves to be entirely consumed by the darkness. I have a story that I think will get you talking. How about a bad parenting tax? You know what? Might be the only tax I can support when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. 
Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and grateful to have you here. Uh, We haven't been doing many commercial breaks this morning, and I have been cutting them shorter this morning in order for us to be able to react to the breaking news that's happening. Coming out of Lewiston, Maine, a uh, 22-person casualty event with 50 or 60 potential more injuries in a shooting that occurred last night at a bowling alley and bar and grill. The person of interest, one Robert Card, is still at lo- on the loose and considered to be armed and dangerous. Thank you very much for tuning into the show. If you have breaking news that uh, we may have missed this morning, please do send it in to us at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. Brief little side note, our new friend, The Chroniclers, who joins us over on Rumble. Nice to see you, Chroniclers. Says he's never seen that Reagan 60-minute interview. Have to look it up. Good cut of clips. Thank you very much. We appreciate that, and I'm glad that you're here. I hope that you'll subscribe to the channel, Chroniclers, and come back and join us every Monday through Friday. The Wake Up America show streams live. It's a great way to stay on top of what's happening in breaking news, events like the one we're covering this morning, talk about politics from a liberty perspective. That's what I'm all about. And of course, sometimes we have a lot of fun and we goof off when we're a little bit silly too. So it's a great way to start your day, of course, with a delicious cup of coffee from my shop at AP4 Liberty Shop. If you haven't visited it uh, today, please do so. AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir, the Chroniclers. Glad to have you here. And if if you're new to the show, I think you're going to love my next guest. That's why she's a regular. Every Tuesday and Thursday, at 8 a.m. Central Time, the lovely Camelia Peterson joins us in, on the show. Nice to see you, CJ. Good morning. Well, obviously, these are uh, this is a dark day, and it's something that uh, we can't avoid, uh, talking about the evil in the world, Camelia. But I, I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this event that occurred last night. Well, lots of thoughts that go through my mind, and you and John's conversation about of where we are as a society and a culture in america right now i mean that's tough that's there he's right there's not just one thing that you can point to i mean lots of people will want to say well this is the religious decline of the culture i'm not sure that we can point to that either there's no one single thing but one thing when i heard about his background with mental illness that did pop into my mind was I think in some ways we see the ramifications of how we have shifted in our approach to treating mental illness in this country. And, you know, we got away from institutions, which I think was a good thing largely, but we kind we went too far the other way in that we kind of put these people out there on the streets. And I worked in the mental health field and I worked with mentally ill adults for several years in case management. And it's just, you know, the line is, it's so fine between, you know, normalcy and mental illness. Like it could be any one of us that could reach that breaking point and you just don't know. So I have, you know, a lot of appreciation for that, but for the struggles that those people go through, but to expect them to function in the world when they are hearing voices and they're not able to distinguish, you know, what is actually reality I, I think we set them up for failure and we set them up for this and it will never be perfect because we will always struggle to find that line between, you know, making sure that we are treating those people humanely, but still doing what is in their best interest. And when we talk about the conversation you've been having about the nap, I mean, 
something like that treating mental illness is in some ways a preemptive measure as well when you talk about putting someone on an involuntary hold in a hospital you know it's because they're threatening harm to themselves or someone else and you know we have to do something or we end up with situations like this for sure and this shooter has um uh, had been involuntarily committed to a uh two week uh, uh trip to uh, an asylum so he was involuntarily committed which right then and there at least in the state of maine you lose your gun rights uh and that for some reason didn't stop him the state of maine has laws that prevent you from carrying a gun into a bar all that did was stop people who obey the law from being right. there and being able to protect themselves and their family and their lives. And when you see these kinds of things happening, I, I don't know if you saw any of the footage of the civilians who had been massacred by Hamas in Israel. Normal people just living their lives, yeah. going about the day, their days, think, you know, we all have this normalcy bias, right? When when extreme things like this happen, so, so many of us, you know, we, do, we don't all go into Navy SEAL tactical mode, right? Like dawn our night vision, you know, that we've been waiting for this day. There's a, there's a few of us, like my buddy Joe Trotter, he's got the night vision and the helmet and he's got a freaking, you know, he's got a scar, which yeah. is like a pretty badass, like assault style rifle. Um, but most of us aren't ready for this. You know, it's not, I mean, we have, I was just writing this article, it's coming out of Human Events this week. We have 40% of private guns uh, in the world are held by Americans. What good are all of these guns if we're not training in and how to use them and if we aren't actually carrying them on our person? They, they don't do us any good. Right. And I think that's somewhat a mindset, you know, as our, our culture and our society has advanced and, you know, we've become more comfortable. We rely on the government to protect us. And it's just, you know, we like the safety of knowing that we don't have to worry about that because, you know, people are, we like to believe people are good. You know, we're safe because we have adequate law enforcement and nobody, like, nobody thinks this is going to happen to them. Nobody thinks I need to keep my gun by my bed at all times. Well, some people think that, but a lot of us don't. I mean, do I have my gun right beside my bed all the time? No. I mean, and it's, you know, maybe I should, but the point is, is that I think that we have gotten comfortable and there are a lot of reasons for that. And it's because I suppose the responsibility for protecting ourselves, we have not had to have that responsibility um, in a long time. It's not like the early days in the in the U.S. where you didn't have a police officer on every corner. And so you could not rely on that safety net. I mean, I mean, I've been the victim of violent crimes. I, I've never been like mugged or anything like that. Like never been held up at gunpoint, but I've had people put their hands on me, right? I've been sexually assaulted in public. Uh, I've, I've, I've been violently attacked, right? Not with a weapon, but you know, violently attacked on the street by, you know, some crackhead. And, you know, I'm already probably a little bit more paranoid than your typical person because it just comes with being a libertarian, right? Like, I don't think that the fluoride in our water is like what's, you know, causing us to, you know, be slaves of the Rothschilds or anything. But I, I do have a battle plan, right? So in my home, Stephanie and I, we need, we were just talking the other day about how we need to revisit our fire strategy, right? Because we've got... Mm. Yeah, we had <laughs> the other day, and God bless her, and I love her very much. The other day we had a, we had a fire on the in the in the grill, 
And it happens. I, I, I've done I, it. I yelled at Stephanie. I said, <laughs> I said, Stephanie, get the baking soda. And she, I was like, you know, didn't, I didn't want to like sound like too alarmed, but I was just, I, so I tried to stay as sound as calm as possible. I was, like, I was like, Stephanie, get the baking soda as quickly as you can and bring it to me now. And she brought it out. She brought out the baking soda and I put out the fire, right? Cause it was a grease fire. And I turned to her and I said, Stephanie, if that had been a, if that fire had happened here and I wasn't here, what would you have done? And she's like, probably poured water on it. And I was like, yes, yeah. it's time for us to revisit fire safety classes. It's time for us to go back to basics because most people, they're not thinking about it. You know, they're not thinking right. about that. So, uh, a, there was this famous viral video of this, of this chick who is, you know, a booby streamer and she's cooking in the kitchen and she just throws water all over this fire and it just blows up even worse and there's smoke flying everywhere and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I guess kids aren't getting the same fire safety trainings that we got when we were kids because so I just I looked at Stephanie and I said, burn this into your memory. If it is grease, if there is a grease fire, baking soda, do not put water on it, baking soda, right? We need to do this when it comes to firearms, right? You know, I've, I've, you know, I've got the gun next to my bed. I won't say where, but I will say that, you know, trying to assault me in my bedroom at night is a, is a losing proposition. Right. Um, you know, coming to the front door, bad idea. Right. At, at, at any time of night. I just I think people and I'm you know, recommending to you, recommending to our audience, we need fire safety plans and we need battle safety plans because it's an evil world we live in, isn't it? Yeah. And this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately is I would I need to do a, a firearms um, training course with my daughters. I want both of them to you know be versed in that. Even if they don't own it, I want them to know how to be able to handle a gun and the proper way to do it. And I want somebody who knows a lot more than I do <laughs> to teach them how to do that. And I need to, to refresh on a lot of things as well. I think that practice is too, is something that we need to do because that's something that I don't um, do as much of either. Um, but it just, you know, so where I am in rural Southwest Missouri, I honestly, I don't worry about it very much, right? It's not that, but I have had incidents occur where like somebody's showing up on my lawn at three o'clock in the morning, but you know, that's not, that's very rare, but it does happen. But in St. Louis, like literally just, you know, a night or two ago, um, in broad daylight, actually, somebody honked at somebody for running a red light. And that person that got honked at stopped and went over to that car because they didn't have the door locked, pulled them out of the car and beat them and then followed somebody else that honked at them. So like people are like, there are some crazy people out there and you have to be prepared for that. Yeah, no, it's true. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning, I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad to have you here. Not a godless commie, great name over on Rumble says, 2020 and 2021 Minneapolis, mostly peaceful Marxist revolution. I'm, I mean, I mean, riot survivor here. Uh, see what happened Sunday in Minneapolis with Hamas supporters attacking the man in his white car. Good point there. And and it's things like that, that that make you realize just how ridiculous gun restrictions are. You you can't get a suppressor on the end of your firearm, right? Because they're afraid people are going to do things like what they did last night. People, I, I got to tell you, people who are going to go on those kinds of shooting sprees, suppressor, suppressed or not, you know, it's not going to make any damn difference. And, right. but for the rest of us, if you're an old man and you're in a vehicle and you got yourself a nice little, you know, Draco AK pattern rifle and you've got a suppressor on it, it's not going to blow out your hearing. You know, you're in short places. It's a way to help protect the hearing of people who are actually law abiding citizens. And then they don't want us to have short barreled rifles. Right. So they, you know, all of our pistol braces, for example, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. 
They don't want us to be able to conceal carry a rifle on ourselves because, you know, here it is a lovely fall day. And wouldn't I love to carry a nice little short barrel MP5, you know, chambered in nine millimeter here in the United States. But the government doesn't want me to have that. They want the bad guys to be able to have it. And you know why? I do believe in the conspiracy theory that the government likes these events to be able to use them to take away the rest of our guns and law abiding citizens guns. That is that is going to be the lesson from here until the end of time. And here's the thing, Camelia, like you're you're a girl. You understand girly emotions and things like that. Like I I don't quite understand girl. I'll never understand female emotions and things like this. But how can you see something like this and say, well, the 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 we got to take away people's guns? Like that that's that's the solution, right? It's like like why don't they trust? What, these laws that are passed, why don't these, why won't they trust good men? Why do they disarm good men like us who will protect people in our communities? I don't understand this mindset. And I hate to be a sexist pig here, but it, it's, a, it's a mostly female mindset. Would you say I'm being uncharitable? No, and I do think that it is, um, you know, people see things that they think are going to be an easy fix because assuming that the problem is the person that's a whole other can of worms and then you're into something that's very difficult to understand it's very difficult to think through and to come up with solutions for and it is you know there's just there are no easy answers so i i get why some people a lot of people go to the oh well, we have to ban guns because that seems like that's the, the easy thing to do it's doing something and that's really you know that's the black and white solution to things, even if it really doesn't work in reality. You know, you talk about, you know, I think that there people are, there's just an overarching feel of anger and anxiety in the country. We've talked about this before, and I really think it was amplified um, during COVID and just really drove a wedge between people and creating even more distrust of our fellow citizens. And the thing is, is like mass psychosis is a real thing. So, you know, after the show today, go out there and Google mass psychosis and read some things on that because that happens to societies. We've seen it before in other countries. And I think we're seeing it here right now. Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, after you're done reading about mass psychosis, go outside and then touch some grass. You know, yeah. more people got to do some things for their mental health. Yes. Too, too many. I think too many people. Part of the problem here is that, you know, I honestly, I kind of blame the phones. I think people are not socialized well. I think people are, are weak. I, I made this point last night. It's funny. It's like probably right as this shooting was going on. I tweeted this yesterday, not knowing that it was happening. But I said, I said that. That just because you're weak does not mean that you're the good guy just because you're weaker does not mean that you're a good guy in a conflict right we have this 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 mistaken assumption that whoever is a weaker person you know the the victim perhaps that means that they're a good they if they achieve victimhood status that means that they're the good guy because bad things happened to us in the past and we're a victim that means that we're the good we're automatically the good guy but there are plenty of villains just because you're weak doesn't mean you're good. As a matter of fact, I think that that probably a lot of the evil, most of the evil that's done in this world is actually done by weak people who are weak-minded and who have weak philosophies and who are too afraid and cowardly to do the violence that they wish to do on the rest of us in person. And so they use the legislative branch 
and the executive branch of government to try and get us all to comply to make a world that is for weak people. And that's what laws that would prevent people from carrying in bars do. Is it is the it is the triumph of the slave mentality over the warriors of society. It is it is it's an Ayn Rand novel, if you will, that the the weak, evil people of society have placed the kinds of restrictions on the warrior class of society to prevent us from being able to take the kind of action that they they think that we would do evil with, but which we would actually use to do more good. Isn't this an interesting dichotomy that we find ourselves in? Right. So it is, it is a form of overcompensation. You know, it's, it's, if you don't trust yourself with something, then you automatically assume that no one else can be trusted with that. Right. So it's a way of control. You control what other people do because you think that, that they are not capable of something that you are all not, not capable of. Uh, it's, it's a, a fascinating problem that we face with, but you know what? I don't want to spend all morning this morning in the darkness. I'd like to at least take a few minutes and talk about something that might make us smile and laugh because that is part of our job. We are entertainers after all, and not just entirely just, you know, people who report on the news. We leave that to the mainstream media. If you'd like to turn away on and uh, while we talk about something else, I understand. Um, Camelia, I was laughing at the story yesterday. Stephanie always asks what we're going to talk about the next uh, day on the show. And I always know which story she's going to find the most interesting. And I always say those stories for you, of course. Um, uh, parenting tax at a restaurant. Uh, give us a skinny. What's this story? Oh, gosh, this is you're right. This is a funny story. Uh, it's a very human story, too. <laughs> a very American story, I will say as well. So there is a, a restaurant along the river. Uh, let's see, where is it at? Oh, in Georgia. Um, it's the Tacoa Riverside Restaurant in Georgia. And they've been getting some backlash. It's not something that's new with them, but it's something that just kind of has had a resurgence and um, gotten some traction because they have on their menu an adult surcharge for adults who are unable to parent. And it just has like $3 signs on it. So it doesn't say specifically what that is, but people are a little outraged about that. And there have been some people who have been charged that. Now it doesn't say what that means to, you know, <laughs> not be able to parent, but uh, there was somebody who went there and said that the owner came out and told him that he was adding $50 to their bill because of their children's behavior. <laughs> so I don't know, it does, you know, kind of reading through some of the comments, it does sound like the owner just may not like children. And so maybe has a very low tolerance threshold. But really, like this is this is freedom of association, right? This is this business owner saying, "This is what I want in my business. You can like it or lump it, or you can pay the fee." <laughs> you know, and here it is. I've you know, if we're talking about weak people, I feel like it is bad parents that are the ones who would be outraged about it, because like don't let's not pretend like there aren't some parents who think who who they because they were ba they were spoiled as a kid and they didn't get the proper amount of discipline. They, they did the same thing for their kids. And so they just think I'm entitled to go out to a restaurant, allow my kids to act like little shits in public. And no one can tell me no, no one can tell me no. Right. But I like this idea because and this, <laughs> this was my take on it with Stephanie. As I said, if a restaurant, listen, if you want your kids to run around screaming like little assholes, go to McDonald's. Okay. Like not really like you know, beat your kids and take, you know, take your home kids home and beat them. Just kidding. Uh, don't beat them, <laughs> but, uh, punish them, discipline them, if you will, however you do my peaceful parenting or hippie shit. But, um, 
you know, raise your kids appropriately, right? Don't take them right. out to a restaurant. I don't, if when I go to a restaurant and I sit down and I pay for a meal, I'm paying for an experience. Okay. I'm not just sure. paying, I'm not just paying Agreed. for a meal. Okay. If I just wanted a meal, I, I don't mind McDonald's actually. It's okay. I like Arby's sometimes. Everyone, we went to Culver's the other day on our anniversary. Great fast food. Okay. But I still expect people to conduct themselves in public typically. However, if I'm going to an actual restaurant, nice little sit down restaurant and things like that, and you want to bring your kids, it's fine if they can conduct themselves. If they can't, right. I say, let them crash. <laughs> Take, you know, you know, tax them, you know, start punishing people for their bad behavior. Because apparently, parents, if parents aren't going to uh, uh, discipline their kids, we're going to have to discipline the parents. Do you agree? Well, sure. I mean, I, I think there's, I, I know a lot of people are like outraged about it, but I think there's nothing wrong with it. And the comments to the article are kind of funny because there was one man who said that he and his, I think they had been there and he said he and his wife received compliments on their kids' behavior, but he did recall that people asked, um, that asking not to sit near them. Um, and that was kind of before they saw how their children, you know, handled themselves and, you know, this parent said that they paid attention like the first few minutes and they, he said he warned the kids to comport themselves decently. And my first thought is, well, if you know the word comport, <laughs> you're probably teaching your children that kind of behavior anyway. And then, you know, somebody else is talking about, there's some very practical parenting tips actually in the comments, because somebody else is talking about how that, you know, when their children were like two, three years old, they had tea parties with them. And so they modeled how you would behave and conduct yourself in a restaurant. And they prepared them for that in that way. When you talk about, you know, preparing ourselves, not only for safety, but we prepare ourselves for social situations as well and how you conduct yourself with your fellow humans in public. And so there are things that you can do. And, you know, maybe parents just need to start, you know, parenting a little better or suffer the the uh, public shaming for not doing so. They're like, don't get me wrong. Parenting is not easy. Kids are not perfect. They're kids. Like there are going to be things that you just can't do. I mean, you, you can't control with children in public and it is what it is. And I say this, you know, as someone who is probably very judgy before I had kids. Right. And uh, now anytime who doesn't any, I hear somebody who doesn't have kids, like say all of these, you know, high handed things about how they would or would not parent. I'm like, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> good point. It's never good perfect. Point. Good point. That's why we bring on mom, the 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 actual mom here on the show. Uh, one listener texted in says, uh, uh, "Camelia's glasses are so nice. LOL. They're giving hot mom vibes. LMAO, oh, which is totally my thing. LOL. Um, very funny. Uh, thank you for tuning in the show, Camelia. Uh, we've got Daniela Pensat coming up next. Uh, what's uh, what's on your mind? Anything else you want to say to our listeners before we go? Well, I love Daniela, by the way, so everybody enjoy Daniela. But yeah. uh, no, I just, you know, it is very difficult to, and I understand people responding um, to terrible incidents like this that, you know, affect us all, whether we have somebody that's directly affected by that. This is, this affects us as a nation because this, I mean, this is a tragedy, you know, on a human level, whether it's at home or whether it's, you know, across the ocean. And I do think that it's really important to, as you've done, to balance that um, with some normalcy of life because this is this is a part of life. And like we have it's a reality that we have to deal with, but we also have to maintain the balance of focusing on the good and the beautiful alongside of that because sometimes beauty can come out of tragedy even when we can't see it. 
For the beauty of the earth. My favorite song. Amelia Peterson. She joined us every Tuesday and Thursday here, uh, Thursday on the Wake Up America show at 8 a.m. Central Time. So if you enjoy her commentary, set an appointment calendar and just put it in your calendar there as Wake Up America show, Camelia Peterson or CJ or whatever it is. So you can come back and join us at the time. You should be watching the whole show. But if you're a CJ fan, then Tuesdays and Thursdays are your beat. Thanks, CJ. Have a wonderful day. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks very much. All right. Well, Daniela Pence actually is coming up next, and it won't be all darkness and things like that. She's got a funny story as well. Apparently, women in Iceland are on strike. It's the most gender equal society ever, according to the international rankings, but they're not happy. The women are not happy. They're never going to be happy. We'll talk about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Want an engaging website? Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Click that like button. Subscribe to the channel if it's your first time here. We made some new friends today. The Chroniclers joining us for his very first time on the show today says he'll definitely be back. So how about you? Subscribe to the channel and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time and start your day the freedom way here. We believe in economic freedom and personal liberty, and that's what we do. We report it every day, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. But first, the breaking news, a mass shooter still on the loose, a person of interest, Robert Card, a U.S. Army veteran and trained shooting instructor who spent two weeks involuntarily committed over the last summer has allegedly kill, uh, uh, killed 22 people. Uh, he is an alleged killer who has killed 22 people in Lewiston, Maine. He is still reportedly on the loose and armed and dangerous. He also reportedly killed or, excuse me, injured at least 50 or 60 more people as well. Our hearts go out to the victims. We will be covering that for a few minutes this morning with our next guest, of course, to make sure that we are staying up to date with the news before we move on to some lighter topics. Joining us now for her regular Thursday appearance on the show, she's a field coordinator for the high school program for Turning Point USA. She's a regular on the show, and boy, just everybody loves Daniela Pensack, and she's here with us now. Good morning, Daniela. Good morning, Austin. Thank you for having me. Um, Yes, uh, what's happening is a bit dismal. Um, You know, hopefully they catch him soon. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's one of those stories that just kind of shocks you out of your normalcy bias. When we saw what happened in Israel on October 6th to civilians, it's easy for us to kind of say, oh, well, that happens overseas, this kinds of things, this kind of uh, behavior that towards civilians, you know, and, and or maybe, you know, next month I might go get my CCW training or maybe next month I'll go do something like this. But in my opinion, this is a call to action for urgency for more people to get trained, to be ready and to just have some situational awareness. What's your reaction? No, absolutely. And yeah, it's true. We've been seeing obviously more and more of the, these shootings and everyone says the same thing. Well, it's a mental health crisis. You know, people on both sides have their own take on the issue. Democrats obviously want use and utilize these opportunities, uh, what they call opportunities uh, to impose more gun control, which is obviously not the answer. I believe most of us on this show that are watching can agree with that. Um, but then you know, I see Republicans at one time emphasize that it's a mental health issue, which which it is. But I think Camelia really brought the uh, hit the nail on the head when she mentioned that we should probably bring institutionalization back or, um, I mean, we do a bit, but not in the way that we have in the past, right? I don't think we take mental health as seriously as we did in the past. Um, or at least 
you know, we shouldn't be so lackadaisical about it, which we have been. And obviously it has been the case for this, for this individual um, today. So, uh, and yes, obviously this is just another example of people needing to be a little bit more aware to understand what to do in certain situations uh, when this arises and be armed. Sure. Uh, I had a, a phrase that I used to use frequently when things like this would happen. And what I would say is that there is no tragedy, no matter how great, that justifies taking away the rights of innocent people. And I can imagine that most of the people who are hearing us right now would probably agree. The only problem with that statement is, Daniela, and this is the most difficult thing for people to accept, is that things like this, as harsh as it may sound, this is the price of liberty, is it not? That's a really good point. It is the price of liberty. Unfortunately, you know, um, the 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 idea of needing like a a big brother type of state that's you know that obviously the the idea is what do you value more do you value safety or liberty right because in a situation where you do value liberty more yes you're going to have to experience life a little bit harsher um because there's so many other factors that are involved uh but i think that's just that's um embracing what free will is uh so people that do value liberty more over safety yeah, you're going to come across terrible situations sometimes, um, but there are ways to uh, there are ways to approach it in a manner that I think is still reasonable and that I think can still find solutions. Um, certain solutions, like I said, uh, I think, for instance, uh, mental health is a major issue in America right now, especially that we're seeing people being much more isolated than they have in the past. A lot of us are terminally online. I don't know this man's history, of course, but I'm sure that the environment that he was in did not help his situation. So uh, we do have to be a little bit more aware of um, of certain uh, health issues. And if we see a person acting out or they have a history of acting out, we should find a way to remove them from society if they're not uh, in, in a situation where they can thrive. Um, but if they're not producing anything positive for society, if they're clearly um, in a bad headspace, maybe we should you know, uh, take that a little bit more seriously. But yes, um, violent situations will arise. That is a price of liberty. But in in response, we should be also equally armed. And like you mentioned previously, I agree that libertarians, they do tend to be a little bit more paranoid, I guess you could say. But I think that's just that's that's a that's a behavioral trait that you see with us because we are aware that, you know, in situations like that, where we do um, you know, have this mentality, like this pro-liberty mentality, we're also aware that other situations can arise that are quite negative. For sure, Daniela. And I love your take on this one. And I think our audience definitely does too. If you enjoy what you're hearing from Daniela Petsack, then make sure that you click like and subscribe to the channel and come back and join us every Monday through Friday. I'm your host, Austin Peterson here on the Wake Up America show. I saw one of our listeners, Eel America, I think, um, or Eel something over there in the Rumble chat was saying that he was thankful for Rumble.com for putting us on the front page today because he did like to watch the show, but he had forgotten to subscribe. So don't be like that. Don't forget to subscribe before you leave today so you can come back and join us again. You don't want to lose us. Of course, I'm AP for Liberty pretty much on every social media platform. But the Wake Up America show, we love Rumble.com and we're glad that they support us. Uh, and you can help us to support Rumble and the show if you click subscribe today. Let's move on, uh, Daniela. I'd like to give people a little smile today before they go, just because there's, you know, there's a lot of darkness in the world, but, you know, we do have to take care of our own mental health. And stories like these that make us laugh and smile are probably going to help us 
uh, in uh, our pursuit of happiness um, here in the United States. Uh, the women aren't happy. Breaking news. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> the, women are not, the women are not happy. Uh, share with us your story, would you, lady? Yes. Uh, so in Iceland, there have been major protests happening and a major strike happening in Reykjavik, Iceland, um, where a lot of women are, they're basically protesting like a hodgepodge of issues that face women, uh, particularly the gender pay gap and uh, the percentage of violence that women have to face in Iceland. Uh, apparently, women face Iceland, uh, women in Iceland face violence 40% higher than men, which makes a bit sense considering their stature, but against men, but regardless, um, they're protesting and they're mad. Women are not happy in Iceland, even though, according to most indices that you can find online, say that Iceland has the greatest gender parity internationally, or I think they're like in the top five or so of nations that have the greatest gender parity. Um, women pretty much equal out in uh, in all fields to men, such as like healthcare, education, even political positions of leadership. Uh, the prime minister is a female. She's joined these protests as well, or this, this strike. She also female in her cabinet, I believe is two thirds female as well. So clearly, you know, women have major positions of power in the country, but they're still very much unhappy for whatever reason. Not enough. I it's not enough. And what's also like, what's also a little bit uh, distressing to hear is that they're protesting and they're big on the gender pay gap, which I mean, come on, like that, that has been debunked so many times in various ways. Uh, but yeah, they're they're still upset about it. So if, listen, if you're the if you're the you're the prime minister of your country, three quarters of your cabinet are women and you still can't make you know, figure out how to make as much or more money than men. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen, ladies. But I mean, it, here's the thing. Now that they're, I guess they're on strike. So since it's a strike, that means that there's a possibility, that means that there's some job openings and um, maybe they can bring in some men to take their jobs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Like I said, they didn't get the memo about how the gender pay gap exactly works or how people total those averages. Um, so they're going to lose some jobs. Uh, they're also, uh, the longer that they're doing the strike, the, the more they're going to lose money and still um, exacerbate this, uh, this myth. So good on them. Present company excluded, Daniela. What's wrong with you? Oh, I'm sorry, you cut out. I, I didn't hear the first part. I said, pre I said, present company excluded. What's wrong with you? Not you, <laughs> but the royal you, as in all y'all ladies. What is this? I see. What the hell? Well, you know, I let the, the thing is, is that on average, I'm not saying all women, but on average, women like to complain more. And uh, I think that's, I think this is what happened in Iceland is a very good example of that. I believe you? a lot of studies have been done to show that women talk more on average and therefore they tend to complain a little bit more. This stereotype, at least in my experience, uh, has been true. Um, hey, not all women, you know, I know a lot of women that aren't like that. I don't, I don't think I complain as much also, but I don't want to say I'm built different or anything. But yes, uh, on average, I think women just like to complain more. They're a little bit more. Um, and listen, this is Iceland. As far as I'm aware, it's probably quite a liberal country. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of uh, minorities living in Iceland. I don't think it's like a very diverse country. I could be wrong on that, but as far as my knowledge goes, it's not very diverse. So what I think is happening here also 
is that uh, the populations there are trying to find just something, you know, to complain about something to uh, to to fight against. Um, and I think their greatest minority there is women. So that's what they've chosen. Sure. Um, you I, I, you aren't prepared for this question. I, I just thought of this, but, uh, you know, I we follow each other on Instagram. Sometimes I see you making comments on like Instagram reels. I don't know if it was because I shared it on a story that uh, you commented on this. And I saw that you were, I won't say deeply offended, but maybe mildly offended uh, at, at a reel that showed this, uh, this young lady who she's a wife and she says, and she's in the kitchen and she's like making dinner or something for her family. And she said, and she's like playing with her hair and she's very dainty and very, you know, trad wife looking. And the caption under it says, I used to care a lot about politics and get angry a lot. And now I just ignore it all and let my husband lead. Right. And you were mildly offended by that. You know, you have a master's yeah. degree. You're a, you're a career woman. Uh, and your complaint was that, you know, imagine giving up your agency, for example, uh, to your man or to your husband. So, so you don't, you don't identify with that mindset. I do not. So exactly. I think that there's a balance. There's a balance here, right? No, no. I like the question. I like the question. Um, you're going to open up a whole can of worms here, though, so be careful. But um, yeah, exactly. I think what's happening here, and you know it, everyone that's terminally online knows it. There's this uh, overall culture happening, uh, this trad wife culture, which, by the way, a lot of it is a grift. They're just doing this to get, you know, because let's be honest, guys aren't the smartest. So they're just going to fall for it. They're going to like the real. They think it's really cool and based. But um, but the, a lot of the message that these trad wife types are promoting, I think, is also a little bit toxic. Um, and it's also false. Uh, for the most part, are women generally more interested in politics? Probably not. I'm not sure about the statistics on that. But um, we're seeing more and more women get into field of politics and leadership roles, obviously. But, you know, generally, it's still a male dominated field. So. It makes sense. And if it's a woman's choice to not want to be to not have opinions, because, listen, we don't have to have opinion on every political issue. Uh, it's like we're pressuring people, even celebrities, like we're pressuring everyone to have a position on every political issue, even if it's international overseas. And you don't have to have a, a, an opinion unless that's your interest, obviously. Um, but I think like this, like overall culture, they're promoting this idea that women just shouldn't be involved in anything like that. And as someone that works in politics, you know, it has a has a very well interest in politics and policy. I naturally got a little, you know, a little bit irked about that video or that reel because your body because language it, is saying a lot more than you're <laughs> saying in your voice here. Can I can I just inter interject for just a moment and just say that, you know, if in this situation where you have women in Iceland who are in power, the prime minister rolls 75 percent of the cabinets and all that kind of stuff, and they're still not happy. Is it possible that maybe happiness could be achieved by just letting men lead? That's, uh, you know, that's a very, case. that's option. I think that works a lot Is that not tempting for... to you at all, Daniela? Is there, is there any, is there nothing at all tempting by the trad wife lifestyle at all to you? Not personally, no. Okay. Uh, I think that I think that's rather obvious. I prefer agency, <laughs> and I prefer to have opinions and and uh, perceive the world the way that I want to perceive it, uh, not you know reliance. I'm a libertarian, so I'm a big individualist. So the way that I perceive the world and the way that I want to go about in the world is very much based on what I want to do. It's not based on relying on another person. You know, um, if people want to do that, and I, you know, a lot of women are infantilized in society. This is true. 
And a large part of that is the way that they get treated by men and by, and the way they get treated by men in relationships, you know, they get paid for. And in part, ideologically, women typically tend to vote the way that the husband votes. Um, and she tends to, you know, give up her ideological positions for whatever the man says. And I think that's fine. Um, you know, being physically the weaker sex, it makes sense why sociologically that would happen. But I think, especially in today's in the society we live in today, um, you know, we have greater access to information. Uh, I think when we're seeing more and more women having their own opinions, mine me included, um, and that's all just based on personality. You know, if if a woman wants to be infantilized all her life and coddled, that's her choice. Um, but if they want to be uh, productive members of society or want to perceive the world and have free will in the way that they want to, I think that it's going to have to take, I, I don't think the trad lifestyle would appeal to them very much, but that's just my take on the matter. Yeah, for sure. Uh, are, are you open to potentially changing your mind on that if the right man were to come along? To be like a housewife? Yeah. I don't think I could ever be a housewife. <laughs> that's not physically possible for me i i would i would go crazy i would go crazy <laughs> all right well Joni rankin over in the live stream she says letting a man lead in a relationship is great if he has the skills and maybe that really is what this all hinges on but i'd like to talk about another topic uh daniela i'm done trying to make you uncomfortable if you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show do us a favor click that like button and subscribe to the channel come back and join us every monday through friday Daniela Pensack, who is a Turning Point USA field coordinator for the high school program there, joins us every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. So if you like Daniela and you'd like to see her again, come back and join us every Thursday at this regular time slot. She's a regular guest here. Uh, Daniela, one last uh, topic here. I'm going to set it up <clears throat> like this. Uh, before, you know, maybe this year, if you uh, were conspiracy theorizing and you love conspiracy theories, one of the most popular conspiracy theories well, always, it always goes back to the Jews, right? The Jews, right? The Jews control this, the Jews control that. And a lot of even like, you know, Jewish comedians will come out and say, yeah, we control Hollywood. Ha 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 ha. Right? Jews control Hollywood. But this conflict that has opened up between Israel and, uh, and the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip has, I don't know, kind of turned that rumor or what you might say that conspiracy theory on its head, because Hollywood is actually way more divided on this whole Israel versus Hamas conflict situation than you might have thought at first blush. What's the story here? Yeah, there's a lot of factionalism happening in Hollywood right now. It's quite split uh, because of the conflict happening with Israel and Palestine and Hamas. Um, there has been a letter, just so everyone knows, there has been a letter with 700 celebrities signed it saying that they found Hamas's actions evil. So like, wow, at least they can admit that, right? Hamas's actions were evil. Great. Better than the students but, at like George Washington University, that, for example. That's true. That's yeah. true. Exactly. But um, but the writers, uh, the, the Writers Guild um, of Hollywood has sent out a letter saying that they are um, apologizing for the great distress they've caused people for not issuing an official stance on uh, on this issue, because what everyone needs to hear is what Hollywood or Holly Weird thinks about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. But um, yeah, they, they didn't want to take a stance on the issue because it's so split. The opinion is so split in terms of uh, what people think um, in Hollywood about this, this problem. And so what the Writers Guild of America has been doing is like going back and forth and sending several uh, statements to, to, its, um, to its subscribers and so on and people that are involved 
stating that they didn't want to take an official stance and that they're apologizing for not doing so. A lot of screenwriters have officially resigned membership because of it, um, because, you know, people that are pro pro-Israel, uh, because they're so they're so wishy-washy on the issue. Um, and what I want to say to that is, you know, first of all, I'm not surprised that it's so split. Obviously, you know, people in Hollywood, they love having their strong opinions. But I'm just wondering, why do we even have to hear their political opinions on this issue? At the end of the day, these people, entertainers, like I'd mentioned previously, uh, we don't need to hear everyone's opinions on every political issue, especially um celebrities i think what it was like a few weeks ago that uh justin bieber like posted that picture um on instagram and it was meant to be like i think it was meant to be somewhere in israel but it was somewhere else it was like in the gaza it was in the gaza strip or something i don't remember but it was like the wrong picture that he was meant to it was meant to portray israel and everyone got like super upset about it and saying it was super offensive and he like he posted an apology i'm just saying like why does it even matter do we expect justin bieber to know anything about the issue at least i didn't but apparently people are looking to celebrities to get their official opinion and not um, political scientists or people that maybe have majored in this field and know a little bit more about it. For sure. Boy, that's good stuff. Daniela, you brought those two topics, the Iceland story and this one to the Wake Up America show. You're such a huge asset. Can I just tell you in front of everybody and give you a big thanks? Thanks for being a regular guest on the show. Your contributions are so valuable and we love your insight and your opinions. You've got a great sense of humor. When I meet people in public and they talk about the Wake Up America show, they consistently bring up how much they love your commentary here on the show and how smart you are. And you've got this deadpan style of humor that everybody just, you know, it makes people really laugh. So thanks very much for being a regular guest on the show. And I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the floor before we, let, uh, before we let you go. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go? Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for telling me that. You know, I'm also always grateful that you keep having me on. You know, I keep wondering, man, I do do I really provide the commentary that's <laughs> that helps here? But it's I guess so. It's good stuff. Um, yes, before I go, uh, follow me on social media. I, I I always like to plug my stuff. I'm on Twitter more often now. I'm tweeting constantly. And uh, I'm trying to provide a little bit more philosophical commentary. So follow me in there. It's at Pensac Daniela. So it's my last name and my first name. Um, also, before I get banned on TikTok, follow me on there. I'm going to start posting on there again. I have like eight strikes, but somehow I'm still on. So follow me before I get officially banned. I like to talk about conspiracy theories. That's what I do. Um, so if you like that kind of stuff as well, uh, follow me on there. It's just official Daniela Pensac on TikTok. There you go. Official Daniela Pensack. We've also got our friends over in the Rumble live chat stream who are dropping the links to Daniela's social media pages as well. So thank you guys to our mods for that. Daniela, you're awesome. Thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you again next week at the same time. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. That's Daniela Pensack. What do you think of her? Send us a text at 573-319-1586. That text line again 573-319-1586. You can send us a text and let us know what's on your mind. Um, we do want to say thank you to John Ren KC talking about the women's strike in Iceland. Says they were on strike for one day. Really? Boy, do you think that they would have stayed stick around a little bit longer? But uh, they were on strike for one day. He says he was in Iceland a month ago for a vacation. That's cool. That sounds like a fun vacation. He says, I learned a lot about the culture, the ethnic makeup, crime, etc. Let's talk. Let's do it, John. Let us know what you think. <clears throat> we appreciate your points of view on that one. And uh, um, before we go, because we only got a few more minutes left, and I, I do want to have you know a couple more things to say about the topic, the main topic here today. We've been consistently over 300 people watching us live this morning. Thank you to Rumble. 
thank you very much for supporting the show uh, by doing that and helping to introduce us to so many new friends. And I hope you'll subscribe to the channel if it's your first time here today. <clears throat> but I actually have a favor to ask of you all right now. And if I could get you know even a, a third of the people who are watching the show today, a hundred people today, to do this favor for me, it's for totally free. And you can do it actually right now, even on your phones. <clears throat> subscribe to the audio podcast. I'm going to show you how to do it very briefly. If you have trouble finding us, some people it's a little bit more difficult than others. If you actually go to wakeupamericashow.com, the website, open it up on your browser and you're like, oh, how can I find the audio podcast to subscribe? Well, I updated the website last night. If you go to wakeupamericashow.com and you scroll down, you can see on like this picture here, for example, where it says audio podcast, do me a favor, head over there right now, wakeupamericashow.com, click that audio podcast button right there. And that'll take you to my audio podcast. And wherever you get your podcast, for example, Apple, Google, the Podbean app is what my native, my podcast lives. I love the Podbean app, but um, some people prefer like Spotify, for example, or maybe Amazon Music, Alexa, iHeartRadio, Player FM, like pretty much all of them are here. And of course, the archive of all of our audio episodes, episodes are here as well. So if you do me a favor, head over to wakeupamericashow.com and click on the audio podcast here. That'll take you to where my audio version of the show is housed. You can get that every day in case you miss the, um, the morning show. And also we, uh, we cut out some like the commercials and different things like that. There will be some commercials that will play, but that's, I get paid for that. So th those are going to be in there. Um, but um, if you go here to the audio version of the show, and you can either listen to the podcasts on that page, or uh, you, if you just click a button, it'll take you from there to like, for example, Apple. And, you know, I'd love it if you could give me like a five-star rating and written a review over on Apple iPod. Oh, I love that. I appreciate it very much. So do me a favor, will you? Would you please go over to wakeupamericashow.com and just <clears throat> click on that uh, audio podcast, head over and subscribe. I'd love it if we could get at least 100 new subscribers today to the Wake Up America Show to help us to grow the show. Okay. All right. Well, before we go, as we go into the last few minutes of the Wake Up America show, I just want to say, you know, blessings on the people who are the victims of this tragedy. These things affect all of us. And we should all take a moment today to consider people who not only who are already victims, but who are in danger at the moment. Um, I really hope that you take the time today to consider the outcome of this and what how you might be able to turn this negative into a positive. Please consider not only owning a firearm if you already own one, get one if you don't. Train in how to use it. Learn how to put it together. Learn how to break it down and learn how to put it back together. Just take one day of your life. Think about how much it could matter or mean to your family. Train in how to use it. Make sure that you know how to hit a target, right? Learn about your gun, right? No, it's, it, I know it can be frightening for some people, especially if you've never had contact with firearms before. The more you learn about it, the more you learn about how it works, the more your fear goes away. Train with it and then carry it with you. Keep it with you. Get yourself a good gun. Know how to use it. Train to use it. Practice your Second Amendment rights. It could mean not only saving the life of yourself, but more importantly, the people that you love. 
I'm grateful to all of you watching the Wake Up America show today. Thankful that you're here with us. Thankful that maybe we could provide a little smile on your face today, even with all of the dark news out there. We continue to do that. Even when we are in our darkest hour, the Wake Up America show will try and bring a little bit of light and a little bit of levity, which is a good reason for you to subscribe before you go. And we'll see you tomorrow. Freedom Family Friday. My lovely smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife, Stephanie P., will be joining us here in studio tomorrow on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com.